Welcome back to the Mike and Andrew Show. I'm Andrew Sorowick here again with Mike Meredith. Mike, we have a bit to get to. Uh, we'll touch on something on the MLB real quick. Uh, we got some college football stuff, news that we got to talk about. And, of course, today we're also going to do uh, NHL and NBA power rankings. We're also going to talk about the, uh, the NHL trade deadline as that's coming up. Uh, but, Mike, anyways, man, uh, it's Thursday. How you doing this evening, man? Doing good, man. Ready for some more sports. You already know NBA's coming back after the All-Star break. And uh, NHL, you know, getting back in as well. Oh, yeah. We got uh, got a lot here to uh, to talk about tonight. So let's get into it. Um meant to talk about this on Tuesday's episode as uh, Tuesday is when everything was approved for this. Um, but we're talking about it today. Uh, it is, that is the, uh, the 12-team uh, college football playoffs. Uh, it was unanimously voted for a five plus seven format. Um, so basically, the uh, uh, the conference champions of you know the SEC, uh, Big Ten, Big Twelve, and the ACC all get an automatic bid uh, into the playoffs, and then the highest ranked group of five uh, conference champion will also uh, get a a uh, automatic bid into the college football playoff, and then there's seven at-large um, uh, spots for this uh, for this format. So now, you know, we're, we're you don't have to have a perfect season anymore to, to to hope to get into the playoffs. Now you you can lose a game or two now. So I like this. You, the games aren't necessarily as meaningful, but there's obviously going to be still a ton of meaning to these games. Um, but now you don't have to worry. Like, you know, LSU, for example, they lose two games this year. They can still very well make the playoffs. Um, so that, you don't have to worry about having a perfect season to make the playoffs anymore, which I think that's going to make, that's going to take pressure off the teams, off the players. And we could see, um, you know, you, you not necessarily, you know, players not caring, but they're not going to have all all the pressure in the world on them to be perfect throughout the season to end up uh, to, in the playoffs. And I think this is a really nice format. Um, it opens up, you know, a guaranteed spot for a group of five school um, to get their name out there and maybe, you know, possibly upset a uh, a program. Uh, one of these big programs uh, and get them in the spotlight. And I think that will help uh, these group of five schools out a lot. So I like this format a lot. Uh, so, Mike, what what are your thoughts on this, man? Yeah, I got to agree, man, because, like, just thinking last year, Florida State, man, they, uh, they would have been in with this format and they would have, uh, you know, been their conference. They, it was the first time that a, a Power 5 school went undefeated and uh, – didn't get into the college football playoffs, so I always thought we should see more than four, uh, because there's always going to be a team that's left out, and like two SEC schools, then whoever won the Big Ten, and then uh, whoever for that last school, uh, whether it was like you know um, the Pac or the Pac-12 or the the Big Twelve. Um, but I think I I like this one, man. It gives teams that. Or, you know, it doesn't mean they have to go perfect. They can lose a game and not be over. And it it's like 
March Madness, man, there could be upsets. Imagine like uh, there's a big upset where team, uh, you know, let's just say team uh, 12 ends up beating team 5, you know. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, I don't know what the, um, you know, how Notre Dame, like Notre Dame does not get a, a guaranteed bid. Uh because obviously they're not in the conference. If they want that guaranteed bid, you know they have to force. They have to go into a conference, and they don't. They obviously don't want to do that anymore or do that. But look, Notre Dame—they're not special anymore. So I don't know why they think that they're still special. They don't need to join a conference. It's it's silly. But basically, yeah, the the the, the playoff committee said you're not getting a guaranteed bid. Uh, you could be number one in the nation, and you're not getting a guaranteed bid because. Uh, you know, you're not, uh, or you're not getting a one of those top four spots because you're not in a conference. So, um, I like that they they get they have to fill one of the uh, you know six through through twelve uh, seeds, um, since they aren't in a conference. So I, I like that as well. Um, it, it basically tells you, hey, join a conference or uh, or you know possibly get screwed in uh, in seeding. Um, but yeah, it's very exciting. Um, they they also s- reported that they're they're looking at a 14 team playoff for 2026. I uh, didn't really look much into that article. I just th- thought I'd mention that. But it'd be interesting for sure. Um, but yeah, the uh, the top four uh, teams uh, were basic basically those uh, those power five, I guess now a really power four uh, conferences. Uh, the, those uh, those conference champions get a, um, you know, they get their their bye week in the first round of the playoffs. Um, what I what what I don't necessarily like about it is, for example, the the Michigan Ohio State game, right? Um, normally, the, la- the last couple of years, it's you know who whoever wins that game is well one winning the Big Ten because the Big Ten West is garbage. But not only that, it's uh, the the Big Ten or that team is basically guaranteed a playoff spot, right? So it's not so that game won't have that much on the line anymore. And I think I think the Big Ten's also going away from uh, divisions in the conference. I think it's just going to be the best two. So you could very well see um, a a hypothetical situation where let let's say Michigan and Ohio State are the two best you know, teams in the conference, they could be playing each other three weeks in a row, basically, or three games in a row, um, depending on how seeding and, you know, uh, obviously they'd be playing each other in the regular season game, then a week later in the conference championship, and then also, again, like I said, they could be playing each other in the first round of the playoffs, which would be very interesting. It's very unlikely that would happen, but it is still a possibility. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man. I think this is very exciting for college football, um, and you know it, it. And it helps, you know, these these smaller teams. Like, like for example, I think Tulane uh, or Liberty, one of those two, would have actually uh, been in the playoff this year, having that uh, that fifth seed. Um, so, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting for sure, and um, yeah, I, I like it. So that's gonna that's gonna wrap up that topic. Uh, just real quickly. 
Um, today, the Tigers uh, signed a deal with uh, with Gio Urshela. It's just a one-year deal. I think you said $1.5 million, Is that correct? Yeah, $1.5 million. Yeah, so um, I like the signing. Um, you know, obviously, it's going to help at the third base position. He's a pretty good defender. Um, Batting-wise, he's not bad. I mean, he, he hit a two ninety nine last year. Um, but granted, he didn't play in many games. But he passes physical, so um, he, he's all good to go for spring training. Uh, we had our first spring training game today, and the Dodgers were, last I looked, absolutely were murdering the uh, the Padres in that game. I think, I think it was like 14-1 to one or some yeah. shit like that. Yeah, it was, I think it was like 8 nothing when I saw it, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, well, you know, it's spring training, you know. Dodgers are going to have a 100-win season, and yeah. then, you know, do, do, do the thing. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 But uh, anyway, yeah. so so that's that. Um, so now, yeah, uh, NBA power rankings. Let's get it, Mike. Yes, sir. So this is uh, the new power rankings after the All-Star break. So there hasn't been any games. Tonight's actually the first night. Games are back. But uh, we'll see what they have in store from uh, last power rankings that we looked over. So coming here at number 10. We have the New York Knicks, who are eighth in offense, ninth on defense. So definitely seems low for the Knicks, man. They're top. They're probably one of the only teams, uh, one or two of three teams in the top ten, both offense and defense. Jalen Brunson has been great, um, but uh, they have had Julius Randle out, who you know was their uh, other big All Star. OG Nanobi's also been out, so. Maybe just because they've been losing players to injury, it's, they uh, they might take some hits here. But other than that, they've been playing very solid all year. Number nine is the New Orleans Pelicans, 12th on offense and 7th on defense. Um, the Pelicans, um, yeah, they took a, a big advantage of a soft schedule leading into the All-Star break. They won six of their last seven games. Um they have a lot of good young players. I mean, uh, a lot of good, talented players as well on this team. But for some reason, Pelicans just don't seem like a contender to me, like an actual real contender for the championship. So I think nine is fine. Offense, defense, both look solid. I I, I don't number. I don't agree with them being in the top ten. If I'm being honest, I don't see how they're a contender. I they have talent, but I. I don't I don't see yeah. him as a top 10 team, if I'm being completely honest, man. To put into perspective, number 11 was the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, yeah. The Bucks and, and, and the Bucks haven't had a soft schedule like the Pelicans either, so that's another issue I have yeah. with this. Milwaukee is 35 and 21, so... Um, I mean, New Orleans is 33 and 22. They're not that bad, but they're just a little bit above average. I don't see them being uh, contenders or even really have the talent to compete. Uh, like I said, they have talented players, but they don't really have that number one guy, uh, which right. in the NBA you kind of need. So number eight, we have the Phoenix Suns, uh, ninth on offense, 14th on defense. Of course, they're going to uh, rank high with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker both being on the team. Uh, hopefully they can get those two as well as Bradley Beal paired 
together because I feel like they haven't played that many games this year, and um, Bradley Beal's been out a lot with injury, but they always have they have the talent to where they could beat anyone at any time. So even though their their offense and defense is uh, both you know pretty solid, but nothing spectacular, they on paper they are one of the most dangerous teams for sure. Number seven, the Dallas Mavericks, eleventh uh, on offense, nineteenth on defense. Um, they've won six straight games. Uh, so going into the break again, another team that has done well. Luca and Kyrie both have been hooping, and they made some big trades at the deadline, getting some good uh, big men like PJ Washington, Daniel Gafford. They uh, they made some moves for sure. So uh, Dallas at seven here. Number six is the Denver Nuggets, 13th on offense, 11th on defense. Um, so, you know, they got Jokic, of course, who's going to be a big player for them. Of course, probably the best player in basketball right now. And looking to repeat here, they haven't looked as dominant this year, but they're still 36-19 record. It's still very respectable. Definitely going to make the playoffs here and definitely – uh, still one of the top teams to compete out in the West. Number five, the Oklahoma City Thunder, fourth on offense, fourth on defense. Uh, I've mentioned so many times I love this Thunder team, man. They got a lot of great young talent. Not sure how they'll do in the playoffs because they haven't been to the playoffs yet with this young core, but I really like the talent that they have on this team. Like I said, top five in both offense and defense. They're doing something right. Um Faye Gilgis is one of the best players in basketball. Chet uh, is, of course, one of the best rookies and best shot blockers, and he's anchoring that defense. So they definitely have been uh, very good as of late. Yeah, they have been one of the sexiest teams, if I can use that adjective for them. They, they've mm-hmm. just very, very good offensively especially I think I mean defensively I don't know how they rank these teams defensively because nobody plays defense in this league as I've said a billion times but yeah. that said it's just based off of how yeah. many points they're giving up compared to the rest of others right so they're giving up 111.9 which is fourth best of any team yeah which is still sad for you know basketball because that we've come this far but it is what it is but no OKC right but okay, see, they play a very sexy brand of basketball, so I, I really like this team. They're young and they're exciting, man. Yes, sir. Next year, number four, one of the most, ex- I would say, surprising teams. Just team has been on fire recently. That's the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are fifteenth in offense, but second on defense. Um, so they had an eight game winning streak going into the uh, the break, but then they lost to the Seventy Sixers. Um, and they went on a big run too. They, uh, they won, uh, they won like 17 out of 18 games. Uh, they have the best road record, uh, 17 and eight. Uh, so they're, they can win on the road too. Donovan Mitchell has been great. I know he's, he's out hurt right now, day to day. Um, I just saw that today, so he's not going to be playing tonight, but I think he'll be back. And like I said, they just got so much talent as well. So much sneaky talent that, uh, 
I think that they could be a real dark horse for the t- for the championship. Man, I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, they got a they got a really good team. Number three is the L.A. Clippers, third on offense, thirteenth on defense. Shocking that their defense seems kind of middle of the pack because I feel like the Clippers have you know some of the better defensive players. Kawhi, Paul George are pretty great, and you know they were one of they were the hottest team in basketball for a good like two month stretch. They were they were crazy. So still think the Clippers have a good chance here. I mean they have a lot of veterans on that team. A lot of players who have been in the playoffs, who've uh, some have had success, like Kawhi. Some haven't, like James Harden. But they're they're coming together now. Uh, I think that they can again be a very predominant threat that kind of came out of nowhere this year uh, in the West. Number two is the Minnesota Timberwolves, seventeenth uh, on offense, number one on defense, and. Uh, it's crazy with the Timberwolves, man. Their record's so good, 39-16. The NBA, uh, they do a straw poll about halfway through the year for MVP voting, and one person gave Anthony Edwards a first-place vote, uh, which was pretty crazy because um, Anthony Edwards is a really good player, but no one's really talking about him as MVP. But some guy is definitely showing respect to Anthony Edwards for leading this Timberwolves team to the top seed right now out in the West. So, you know, they're, they're clicking right now. Um, so we'll see how they do. I don't really have much faith in them in the playoffs, but I hope they prove me wrong because I think they got a really good team. Like I said, that number one defense. So just to put into perspective how bad defenses have gotten, they are the number one ranked defense in basketball, and they're giving up 108 points on average. Oh, how the sport has fallen. Kobe Kobe would not stand for this, man. <laughs> for real. I can't believe yeah. Number one is that high. Like you're basically giving up 110 points and you're number one. Like crazy. And then number one, I mean no surprise to the Boston Celtics. Number one on offense with 120 point eight uh points there and three on defense at one ten point five giving up so they're a plus 10 net rating so they're winning games by pretty much double digits uh yeah so they've passed the pacers who for the longest time had the um the most uh, efficient offense and this also is a record high it's the most efficient offense in nba history at the pace of 120 points per game um i mean at this point it's not even just that they're they're scoring. I mean, it's just the lack of defense. I mean, that's causing that. So, but they do have a really great team. Forty-three and twelve. Uh, they're stacked in every position. Tatum is great. Jalen Brown's great. Chris Stops. Derek White. Uh, just a lot of great pieces there. I mean, they should be the favorite, if not one of the favorites, out here, uh, and probably the favorite out east right now to make it to the finals. Yeah, so with that, do you have anything to add? The the Celtics, man, they're they're so good, especially offensively. I mean, they are. They are. They are. I mean, you're you're winning almost every single game by by double digits. I mean, I mean, it's it's a it's in a league where yeah, defense isn't really a thing anymore. But at the same time, to win every game by by double digits, um, 
you you don't see that a whole lot in this league. Um, so so I mean, yeah, offensively they are really really good, and I think that's why they're winning so much is just because their offense is just clicking like no other. Um, so yeah, um, it's at this final stretch now because we're past the the deadline, so it's that final stretch for for the NBA. It's gonna be very interesting to watch what happens. I, I think we'll. I think in the next few weeks we'll see the Pelicans drop out of this, you know, top ten. But outside of that, man, um, I, I think I think OKC is gonna definitely surprise a lot of people. Um, I think the Clippers are very very. Uh, I, I think they could very much win the championship this year as well too. So. Um, I think the West is is probably the more interesting conference to me um, because I, I feel like a lot of these teams are so equal in the West that anyone uh, could lose a series uh, in, in this, except for, you know, maybe in the first round. But outside of that, um, I, I think the West is going to be very, very interesting from, like, you know, the second round in. Yeah, for real, man. I think so as well. So moving on from that, we're going to go – uh, to the NHL power rankings. Um, and then I'm going to talk about some, some trade deadline stuff with combined with this power rankings. I'm going to do the top 10 for power rankings, but I'm also going to talk about trade deadline for the this entire list of 16, um, just because we are almost two weeks from the trade deadline. It'll be uh, two weeks tomorrow. Uh, yeah, the, the 8th is uh, deadline day. So, um, yeah. So, anyways... Uh, at number 10, they have the Vegas Golden Knights. They're the 32, 18, and 6 right now. Uh, last week, they were ranked uh, number 8 on this uh, on this poll. Um, if if I'm – so basically, I'm, I'm just going to be kind of quoting what, uh, what, what, uh, what these NHL writers were saying. Uh, so basically, he says, if I were the Golden Knights general manager, I would be inquiring around the league – uh, about the cost to acquire some forward depth, preferably a winger to play in the bottom six forward group. Um, yeah, so basically Vegas, the, up front, their top two lines, really, really good, very, very productive. Their back two lines, are they're almost getting nothing from them. Um, they don't have a lot of, of depth once, it come, once you're off those top two lines. So I think, yeah, if you're Vegas, you're definitely – trying to acquire a third-line center, third-line winger. Um, but that said, uh, also Vegas just put Mark Stone on IR for the second time or for the third time in a row now at this point in the season, you know, so they could, you know, get around the loophole uh, or get, they're basically using a loophole to get around the salary cap so they can acquire a bunch more players because there's no salary cap in the playoffs. So Stone, he's probably healthy. He's just injured. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they're going to get around, uh, the salary cap and then, you know, have a, a completely stacked team. So if I'm any team in the league and they're trying to trade with me, I'm asking ridiculous prices because this is not the first time Vegas has done this. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm asking a ridiculous price for any, uh, you know, third line forward, fourth line forward. Um, but yeah, I, I like Vegas here. They haven't necessarily been playing the greatest um, as of late, but they've also had a somewhat tough schedule. So uh, yeah, 
Uh, number nine here, we have the Carolina Hurricanes. They're 33-17-5. They're sitting second in the Metro. I don't think they're going to catch the, the Rangers, especially at the way, especially the way the Rangers are playing. Although, that said, Carolina's been playing really, really good hockey here. Um, but they say, basically, Carolina should be looking for a, a forward that can score. Um, there's a lot out there. Um, that said, uh, yeah, I, I need, I need some more goals because defensively they've been playing really good. They're getting really good, uh, play from their goalies as well. They just don't have the offensive firepower that they're going to need, um, to even try to catch the Rangers at this point, which I don't think they will. Um, but yeah, it'll, it's going to be interesting to see what Carolina does here. I would have them higher personally, but I don't mind them here at nine. Uh, number eight, they have the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, they moved up one spot from last week. Um, they're kind of bouncing back a little bit from this, from a slump that they've been in. Um, and, and basically they, they say don't, they want, they say that the, the Jets should stand firm. And I actually agree with that. There, there's, there's not a whole lot that this team is missing. Um, they've just been kind of not playing the greatest lately. But when they're playing really good, there's not anything they're missing. I mean, they have very good forward depth. Obviously, Connor Hellebuck is playing out of his absolute fucking mind this year in that he's he's one of, if not the best goalies uh, this year in pretty much every statistic. Um, and, and, yeah, he's standing on his head for the team, but he doesn't necessarily have to given the fact that that his team is an offensive juggernaut. So yeah, I would personally have, uh, I I would personally, if I was their GM, just not make any trades. I I like the way this team's playing. Um, that well, not as, as of you know last couple of weeks, but yeah, I I like them here at eight. I wouldn't do anything at the trade deadline if I'm them. Uh, number seven here, staying at number seven, is the Edmonds and Oilers. They're thirty three eighteen and two. Um. They have, I mean, obviously, they started a winning streak uh, in their last game in December, and it came to an end uh, not too recently. But, um, yeah, they uh, very, very good lately. Uh, they they need to find, um, you know, a good top six forward. That's uh, uh, and and like a very nice defenseman. I think that would do. Edmonton very well because while they are scoring a lot of goals, they're also giving up a lot of goals. Um, so if they get a, a veteran defenseman, because they have not a lot of good defensemen um, that are veterans, and then the good defensemen are you know very very young guys that are prone to make mistakes. You get a very good uh, veteran defenseman to that blue line. I think um, I think you'll you'll see Edmonton's game shift a little bit because. They could be a little bit more aggressive offensively while still having actual defense uh, to back that up with. Um, personally, I'd put Edmonton a lot higher on my power rankings. I'd have them somewhere in my top five, um, ju- but that's just me. Uh, number six here, the Dallas Stars. Um, they have not played uh, that well in the last week or so. Um they desperately need more depth on the blue line. They have a really good top pair, and then outside of that, they have 
fuck all. Um, so yeah, if, if I'm the stars, I am definitely trying to get a uh, a couple uh, solid defensemen. Not necessarily you know star defensemen that can play really really good defense, but just a good second line defenseman, maybe even a or second line, but second pairing and maybe even a third pairing defenseman, uh, just to give them more depth on the blue line because they desperately need it. Their offense has been really, really good um, this year, so I don't have much to say on that. Um, but I, I, uh, I, I saw something today. Uh, Jason Robertson is, uh, is, is fourth uh, for all American players all time uh, in terms of points per game in his career. Um, which is absolutely insane because he's only been in the league, I think, three or four years now, and he's already at an extremely high rate for all-time Americans in the sport. So uh, good for good for him on that. But um, yeah, they just they just need defensive help a lot. I like them here at number six. Um, so yeah, number five, uh, we have the Colorado Avalanche. They're sitting 35, 18, and four. Um, they are on the top of their uh their division um not not too far ahead of, of Dallas though um but uh they they need a uh, um they desperately need a backup goalie uh cuz they have, they have a really good starter but outside of that they have no help for him so they need a backup goalie and they need some forward depth as well especially on their third and fourth lines they just they're just lacking there Kind of like how Vegas is. Not to the extent that Vegas is, but definitely they are lacking there. So um, I, I still think Colorado is my favorite to win the West total. I mean, overall, they are just really, really well put together. Um, now, I know Vancouver is the best team in the West right now, but I just think Colorado has the experience that Vancouver doesn't. So I think that would help in the playoffs when. I think they inevitably inevitably play each other uh, in the uh, in the Western Conference Final. I think those two teams will definitely get to that point. But yeah, Colorado, I like them here at five. Um, so yeah, uh, number four, we have the Boston Bruins. They're thirty four, twelve, and eleven. Um, they are they they play a lot of close games. They're not as good as they were last year. I think offensively um they're kind of they're kind of having a down year and and these writers agree they they need to target some offensive players uh at the deadline um but mostly they're looking for offense coming from the blue line cuz uh they they have some good defensemen but they're defensive defensemen so they need a guy like a like a Noah Hannafin from Calgary, um, they a, a guy like him I think would definitely help uh, because he's offensive minded as a defenseman, but he can also play his his defensive role pretty well. But I think that would just help with uh, with their overall production in the offensive zone is having a defenseman that can actually play some offense. Um, but no, uh, I, I would probably put Boston down at five. They haven't been playing the absolute greatest uh, or as good as they should be playing, but they're still playing at a very, very high level. Um, but yeah, 11 overtime losses, you got to think. Like, 
they they realistically could have a much worse record uh, than they do right now because they have been in overtime a lot this year. Uh, number three here, they have the New York Rangers, which I disagree with this ranking. I think they should be at number two, I think, for now. But, you know, th- this top three, you could argue who could be at number one, who could be at number two here because they these teams are so similar. Uh, but they have the New York Rangers here. They're 37-16-3. They are one of the best teams offensively. I think they're like second or third in uh, in, in, produ- in offensive uh, production. So very, very good. Um, they, I, I personally, if I was New York, I would stand firm at the deadline. I wouldn't really try to acquire anything. Um, but... You know, people are saying to trade Capocaco. I wouldn't personally do that either. Um, you know, I, I he's not. I don't think that's the answer. Is trading him out to get some some better forward help? Um, I just think New York should just stand firm where they're at. I know Kako. You know, he, he was. It was between him and uh, I think it was one of the Hughes brothers he was up against for uh, for going first overall. And he's kind of been pretty disappointing. But, um, yeah, no, I, I would not trade him out at all. Um, he's, he's still contributing to the team uh, almost on a, on a game-to-game basis. So he, he's not bad. But if you're going to add anything to this, uh, to this New York Rangers team, you've got to add a, a veteran defenseman. I think that would boost their blue line. A pretty good amount, but personally, I just stand firm if I was if I was the Rangers here. Uh, number two, we have the Vancouver Canucks. They were number one last week, but they're thirty-seven, fifteen, and six. Um, they've I believe they're on a losing streak right now. I believe they've lost their last two or three games here. So, um, they are uh, yeah. Obviously, when they they acquired uh, Elias Lindholm. Um, that helped their offense a ton. Um, I I would not do anything more at the trade deadline because you're getting, you know, you're getting a lot of good production in both on both ends of the ice. So if I'm Vancouver, I'm standing firm. They're playing really good hockey. Offensively, they're great. Defensively, they're really really good. They're getting solid goaltending from from Demko. Uh, so yeah, I would stand firm if I'm Vancouver here and uh, and the Raiders. Uh, agree with me on that one. Uh, and then lastly here, they have the Florida Panthers. They are on a incredible winning streak right now. I think they're at like, I think they've won their last five or six now. Uh, they're sitting 37, 15 and four. Um, they are, uh, they're, they're sitting second in, in the league in points. They're first in the Eastern conference. Um, but man, they are playing Absolutely incredible hockey. Uh, very, very good uh, offensively, especially. Defensively, they could use a little bit of help. Um, they they need some defensive depth. Add, you know, a nice second or third uh, pairing defenseman. I think that could really help them long ways. Um, and right now, I mean, they're, they're my favorite to win the East. And... They might even be my cup favorite, uh, depending on what they do at the deadline. Um, but yeah, I think the Florida Panthers here. 
I like them here at number one. And like I said, you could argue these last three teams that I've talked about in any order of this top three, but they're all definitely a top three team. So yeah, what what are your what are your thoughts on this, man? Yeah, I agree with you that the top three are pretty much interchangeable. Uh, Florida, Vancouver, and New York have all been really good. Um, Edmonton, I knew, had that big run. So, like you said, I think that they could have been a little bit higher. Uh, Colorado is uh, strong as well. You know, Boston's always going to be up there. So, I think it's pretty solid. Um, I think that uh, we'll see come playoff time which one of these teams holds up and which one doesn't. Yeah, I'm... I think the top five that you have here probably going to stay in that top five the rest of the season. You could probably put Edmonton up into that top five conversation too, and then you'd be really messing about. But I think that top three, though, very, very solid there. But um, but yeah, so the trade deadline's coming up two weeks away from it. Um, as a Red Wings fan, I think this is day zero of the playoff push. This is – Iserman has to make a deal – at the deadline, uh, mostly to get defensive help. Um, we the we want to make the playoffs, get this young core playoff experience. I'm not I'm not saying we should win a playoff series. I mean it's possible, you know, any, anything can happen in hockey. That's how unpredictable it is. But if I'm if I'm Steve Eiserman, man, I'm calling up a uh, I'm calling up Calgary, um, or I'm calling up. Uh, shit. Who who else has a really good defenseman but isn't out of or isn't in the playoff picture? You could probably say, yeah, Calgary for sure. Um, maybe, maybe call up um, you know, Columbus. Try and get yourself a guy like Wierenski Even now, don't make a stupid move if I'm Eiserman. You know, but definitely make a move if you're Eisenman for sure. I think just adding defensive help. But you could either make that trade or you can call up Simon Edvidson who can actually play defense, and that'll help the Red Wings make this playoff push. They're sitting with a four-point cushion over uh, over the Devils right now. But I And I think if you get... Yeah. Add to this defense because the Red Wings are sixth in goal production, but they are 28th in goals against. So they definitely need help, um, you know, score or preventing getting scored on because this this team could be very lethal if they had better defense. I mean, Lyon is doing everything he can in net, but you can't stop everything when you're constantly having the puck in your own zone. So, um, so yeah, if, I, if I'm the Red Wings, I'm trying to get better defensively for sure. Um, get bigger on the blue line is kind of like the old, old hockey saying um, for teams that are, you know, trying to get into the playoffs. Um, adding Simon, or bringing Simon Edvinson up from Grand Rapids would definitely physically make us get bigger on the blue line because that dude is like damn near seven foot tall on skates. So um, I think that would help. I think also a, a tr- if, the, if you're the Devils, you are looking to get a top six forward because that's the only way you're going to start winning games. I mean, defensively, they have been really good this year. Goaltending has been very solid. They just lack um, 
you know, goal scoring. I feel like the Devils for sure could make the playoffs, and I hope they don't because that would probably mean the Red Wings are out. Um, that said, I think Tampa Bay, who's in the, the, the first wild card spot at the moment, I think they might not make the playoffs this year if things don't, if they don't make a good deal as well. But I think a big trade for New Jersey would definitely turn their season around, which they've been underperforming this year. But I think adding some really good goal scoring could help New Jersey there. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, with Tampa Bay, um, they don't have a lot to trade out to get players or to get themselves better. Um, but they definitely need some help defensively, especially. Hannafin is a big, big name being being talked about being traded uh, out of Calgary. I just hope Detroit picks him up because that would actually help them a ton too. Um, but yeah, man, uh, any teams you want to talk about about where about about like basically the trade deadline, what you want to see from them? I know obviously you're a Sharks fan, but they're not in the playoffs. But they uh, they they are selling and they should sell a lot. Not that they have a lot to sell because they don't have a lot of good players to sell. Yeah, I, I wanted to cover uh, the Red Wings mainly, and you kind of addressed that. Uh, just getting help on the on the defense, man. I mean, we got guys who can score, Dubrinkit, Larkin. Uh, just bolster up that defense, man. Get that first and second line really strong and, you know, help us uh, make that playoff push. Yeah, because, like, the, the Red Wings have a really good top pair in, in uh, Cider and well, whoever the hell he's paired up with at the time because they keep changing the lineup every single night with who Sider's paired up with. He's really good when he has um, someone who's more defensive-minded paired with him. So, like, when he's with Ben Sherratt, he's not playing that well because Ben Sherratt cannot fucking play defense for the fucking life of him. So Sider has to play better defense and you don't see the production out of him from offense because he's trying to focus more on playing defense. But when he's with a a defenseman who's kind of like a two-way defenseman or a defensive defenseman, he shines because not only is he really good defensively, but he's also really, really good offensively, especially when he doesn't have that pressure on him uh, to play more defense. But outside of that top pairing, we have fucking no one. Uh, for uh, for defense. So I think, yeah, either acquire a guy like Hannafin or bring up Edvinson or just or just get a Wawrinski. I know he, he it's very unlikely we could trade for him because, one, it's it's Columbus. They're, they're it just got a new GM, so maybe it is possible because, you know, it is what it is there with a new GM. But try and Iserman needs to make some sort of trade if he doesn't make a trade um I, I'm gonna be kind of disappointed I, I, I if, if I'm being honest with you I will be disappointed if the Red Wings don't make a a trade to acquire and make sure that this team gets itself into the playoffs they have six games and what we do in these next six games I know Colorado tonight it's gonna be tough uh, that game actually just started. It's going to be tough, but then we have St. Louis, who's garbage, and we have Chicago, who's garbage. Those are two very winnable games, and the and the next three games following up to the deadline, 
they're very winnable games. So I think, yeah, if, if Detroit can win three of the next six games, Iserman has to make a, a move uh, to get this team better. And it's either, like I said, bring up Edmondson or make a trade. Personally, I'd make a trade and bring up Edmondson, but that's just me, and you kind of have to work out some cap situation with that. But get get Hannafin up, uh, get Hannafin or Wierenski and bring up Edmondson. I think the Red Wings, yeah, could be dangerous because, like I said, they're, they are six and goals four, but they're like 28th, 29th, somewhere around there in goals against. So um, they definitely need help defensively. Um, so yeah, but outside of that, man, that's really all I got. Um, next week I'm going to do a little bit more, um, you know, trade deadline stuff and especially the week of the trade deadline. We're definitely going to talk a lot about it. Um, spring training is, you know, in full swing now. Uh, we have a lot of spring training games coming up. We're not going to talk about those, um, but anything newsworthy coming up in the uh, the MLB, we'll talk about. Uh, Thursdays, we're just going to do every single Thursday episode. We are going to have NBA and NHL power rankings, I think. Um, I think that would at least give us some content for that. Uh, spring football starting soon for, uh, for college football. Uh, and obviously the UFL starting very soon as well. So that'll be kind of interesting to watch. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, be paying too much attention to it I'll watch some highlights here or there whatever but I I am locked in on hockey personally because it's getting towards the end of the year so uh but anyways Mike you got anything else you want to talk about before uh, before we get out of here man no just uh stay tuned for those Thursday power rankings and uh as we move into spring training and NHL and NBA playoffs Yep, so anyways, guys, rate, review, subscribe, help us out. Let us know what you want to see from us. Go to our YouTube channel, check us out there, uh, the Mike and Andrew Show. Um, so, yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and I will, and we will see you guys on Tuesday.